think most of us realize that Advent, the liturgical season, is meant to be a season of preparing for Christmas. And indeed, our secular society, in its own sort of way, joins with us in these preparations, as it were, for Christmas. But the, the two look a little bit different. In fact, if we look at the way society prepares for Christmas, well, we see that there are lots of presents to buy, shopping to do. So all over the place, people are running around trying to find the, the perfect Christmas gift for everyone on their, their list. That's part of the preparation for Christmas. And one of my favorite parts, there are, are many parties to be had and feasts to prepare. The food and all the parties at Christmas is just wonderful to get together. And it takes a lot of work, though. If you host one of those parties, you've got to get everything ready and prepared. And, of course, there are the, uh, the many Christmas carols to be sung. And I love all the, the music at, at Christmas. This week, I, I went to see uh, Wynton Marsalis and the uh, Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra and a, a big band swing Christmas. And then... Something completely different the other night, I went to see Handel's Messiah with the, the KC Symphony. All the special music, I love the, the music when I was in Washington, the, the army band and the service bands are doing their Christmas shows. So all around, people are preparing, getting ready for Christmas. But what does the, the season of Advent look like then? A little bit different from the church's perspective. Well, here we are, of course, preparing not just for the celebration of one day, December 25th, but really preparing for the Advent, the coming, that's what it means in Latin, the coming of Jesus. Now, if we ask ourselves, well, what, what do we do to get ready for that? Well, that's a little bit different maybe than preparing just for Christmas. The church gives us three great figures to help us prepare for the, the coming of Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, and with him, really, all the prophets of the Old Testament who pointed to Jesus' first coming. And then today, from our, our gospel, John the Baptist. And then also Mary, the mother of Jesus, whose immaculate conception we would normally celebrate this weekend. These three great figures, Isaiah, John the Baptist, and Mary. Each of them helps us, I think, in the way we see that they helped prepare for Jesus' coming the first time. They help us during Advent to prepare for his second coming. Prophet Isaiah was writing at the time in which all of Israel was in exile in Babylon. So they had to leave the promised land. They were taken over, oppressed, and the, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, and they were in exile in Babylon. And it's from that exile that Isaiah writes these beautiful words of hope to prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. The reason he is crying in the desert is because they are exiled far away with a desert between them and Jerusalem. But he says, the Lord is coming. Therefore, make a, a straight path. Prepare his way. We read also, make a, a highway for God in the wilderness. This is a great message of hope. It says that this great wilderness that exists between God and his holy people, there will be like a highway so that they can return to Jerusalem. They can come back and be in the holy city again because God is coming to them. John the Baptist then takes up this 
this cry of Isaiah in our gospel today. He, too, is now out in the wilderness. Notice he's outside of Jerusalem. He's in the wilderness, and he, too, like Isaiah, says, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Now, how does John suggest that we do this? Well, here's one of the great ways of preparation for the coming of the Messiah. He says, repent, literally turn back, converses, turn back, repent. In, in the Greek, it means change your mind, change. Now, that's a, that's a hard message. We don't often like to hear people telling us, you really want to get ready? You got to change. We, we don't like to change. We tend to, even in our sins, get set in the way things are. We even just get comfortable with our own sins. But John is a little bit harsher than that. He's like, repent, change, you got to change. And we got to have the right spirit when we do it because it's not enough just to think, oh yeah, basically I'm all right. The Pharisees and Sadducees come out and their hearts aren't quite in it. And he's like, you brood of vipers. <laughs> Hard words. If you're going to change, you really got to change. So John the Baptist gives us perhaps the greatest thing we can focus on during Advent that society isn't talking about at all, but the church wants on our mind, and that is we in our hearts need to make a straight path for God, a, a highway for the Messiah to come, not just at Christmas, but every day. Now, if we ask ourselves, what gets in the way of this coming? What is creating this wilderness? Why is, our, why is our path not straight? Why is our highway in disrepair? Well, we have to say that it's because of sin. Notice that there, there is a path, there's a highway. God built that at our baptism. It's as if God made this perfect road so that he could come to us in our baptism. But through sin, it's... It's not that we destroy the road, but rather our road could get kind of filled with potholes. And as the weather gets cold here in, in Kansas, we know all about potholes. Everyone likes to kind of curse the potholes, you notice, as we drive down the road. It's all bumpy and messed up. There are still potholes on 435 North out here from last winter. Drives me crazy. I'm like, mm, potholes. Everybody likes to yell at the potholes. But the funny thing is, though, when they go to fix those, you know, and they put up those orange construction cones and say, road construction, we hate that too. Ah, that's stupid road construction. We hate the potholes. We hate the fixing of the potholes. And when the road is just nice, we don't even think about it. How many people go down the road saying, dang, this road is smooth. That's nice. Thanks to the construction workers who did that. You know, every now and then I'll like go to little bits of the Santa Fe Trail around here and things like that. And I'm like, man, what was Kansas like before there were any roads? I mean, that, that's rough. I'm like, imagine going in your covered wagon over a, a field that hasn't even been taken care of. I'm like, we got it pretty good with our roads. It's nice. Think about that image of the, the road then as John is telling us, make a straight path, a highway for God. Good news is God, God has done the hard work. He's built the road in our baptism. But what shape is it in? Now, I, I know that we don't like road construction on ourselves either. And the good news is, even that, God says, I, I will help you. The, the beautiful sacrament of penance that, that so many people will return to over this Advent season, that's like our spiritual road construction. 
All right, that, that's where we, we need to, maybe we're not totally broken, you know, but we're just, we're used to the potholes. We think that life is normal when we're just bumping around on our sins all over the place. We, we settle for a road in disrepair. Hear John then, this, this Advent. You want to prepare for the coming of the Messiah? Fix your road. It's time to put up the little under construction sign on our road. And I know that's hard. There's no worse thing to see going down the road is road construction ahead. Most of us don't think, oh, good. Finally, the potholes will get fixed. I'm so happy. No, we're upset. Well, confession isn't easy. It's like road construction. It's a little burdensome and not fun, but you got to do it. I saw this one place the other day where rather than fix the pothole, they actually put an orange construction cone in the pothole, as if to say, we know it's there. And I watched that little cone sink deeper and deeper. They'll probably just stack another cone on top of it rather than fix it. You all laugh at that when it comes to road construction, but we do that ourselves. Our sin is like, eh, you know, I'll get to confession later. It's not that bad. And we like stick an orange cone in the hole of our sin. And then it just gets deeper and deeper and worse. And pretty soon you like break off the axle of your car in it. And you're like, oh, I guess it's time. Don't wait for that. There's going to be lots of chances for penance services and things this, this Advent. Make sure that you do a little road construction. Because if we're to take the greatest message from that, it's to say, if you want to prepare for God to come, well, the most important thing we need to do then is make our heart right for God. Get rid of sin. Allow him a clean place to enter. And that brings us to our, our last and, and greatest figure of Advent, and that is Mary, our Blessed Mother. As we sent the kids off, we talked about her Immaculate Conception. Today, December 8th, would normally be the day we, we celebrate that. And if you go to the Latin Mass in the traditional calendar, you do, but in time since Vatican II, we transfer it till tomorrow. But I think today is a perfect kind of day to talk about Mary doing exactly what John said. Now notice, Mary was free from all sin. She did not need to repent or change her life. Rather, we say today on her immaculate conception that Mary had the perfect highway from the beginning and God never allowed any pothole, no stain. Mary never needed to be reconstructed because God, through a singular grace, chose to prepare Mary perfectly to receive the Messiah by making her free from all stain of sin, including original sin, personal sin. She was immaculate, literally means without stain, without spot, from the first moment of her existence in the womb of St. Anne, her mother. Notice what a great sign this is for Advent. If John is telling us, if you want to prepare for the Messiah, be without sin. That's a, that's a tall order for all of us. But for Mary, because of her great dignity, notice she was saved. Mary needed a savior. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior. How can she need a savior if she never sinned? Well, because of her son, Jesus, who would die for all of us, God knowing this from the beginning of all time, chose in the view of Jesus' saving death on the cross to save Mary beforehand from all stain of sin. He made her the perfect vessel, her heart immaculate from the beginning, so that if you want to know what it looks like to be ready to prepare for the coming of the Messiah, 
Look at Mary. And notice, tying it all together now as we end, society says, you want to get ready for Christmas? You need stuff. Get lots of stuff. Go buy presents. Get, get parties ready. Buy new clothes. Go shopping. Notice that when Jesus came the first time and his birth was completely prepared for, no other person in the entire world was so prepared for as the coming of Jesus. Well, look at the way God prepared. Jesus didn't have a lot of shopping done to get ready for him. Think of how we prepare for a baby's birth today. Jesus didn't have a house even to be born in. He, he didn't even have a bed. I mean, if, if I'm thinking, okay, God, you're going to prepare for Jesus, you didn't do so well. I mean, God didn't give him a house to be born in. He had to be born in a cave. When he was finally born, he didn't have a, a bed. They had to put him in a feeding trough for animals. That's what a manger is. His mother wasn't even married to Joseph at the time and created some scandal. Like, that's not very smart, God. That doesn't seem very well prepared. And, and then he, he couldn't even be born at home in his hometown. He was born while Mary and Joseph are traveling. I'm like, God. I mean, you had thousands of years to get ready for this event, and that's the best you could do? Well, of course God doesn't make mistakes. So we end with this. When Jesus came, he wasn't prepared for by a lot of stuff. He wasn't prepared for by a party. There wasn't even anybody there but shepherds. He wasn't prepared for with a big feast. It wasn't even prepared for with a house or a bed. It was given in complete poverty that Jesus came. But what, what singular thing did God do to really prepare? He prepared Mary. He prepared her heart. Jesus didn't have any of these material things at his first coming, but what he did have was the most pure, most holy, most immaculate heart ever created. If you want to prepare for the coming of Jesus this Christmas, that's what we need to do. Who cares about the other stuff? Where's your heart? John the Baptist says, if it's not quite right, the potholes in your road, repent, change. Do the road construction so that like our blessed mother Mary, our hearts might be free from sin. That's the way to prepare for the coming of Jesus.